Good evening and welcome to the Consumer Call-In. I'm Sinead Ryan and while Ivan is busy filling his pockets down in Ballybrit, we're looking at a different topic every uh, day this week which uh, helps consumers from investments and home improvements to pensions. Today it is mortgages. They're always topical, sometimes infuriating. Are you fed up with yours? Are you a first-time buyer, a trader-upper or do you just want to find out what a tracker mortgage is or indeed what a tracker mortgage scandal is? I'm joined by our special guest today, Carl Dieter from Irish Mortgage, Bro- mortgage Brokers and from our Cork studio, Joey Sheehan from mymortgages.ie and they will be taking in all of your questions and queries. We've got a ton of them in so far but you can get in touch by low calling 1890 or texting us for 30 cent on 53106. We'll get through as many as we can. Um, but Carl, I want to start off with the news that, that you would have heard it on the business news headlines all through the day that um, KBC has cut their fixed two of their fixed rates, the two year and 10 year fixed rates. That's on the back, of course, of similar banks, other banks doing similar things. Um, it always seems to be fixed rates for a start. Uh, but also recently, the European Central Bank signaled as clearly as it can which isn't always very clear, that it has no intention of raising interest rates anytime soon and we could expect the doldrums of interest rates to pertain. Are banks a little bit cynical just cutting their fixed rates? Or are they doing it enough? <laughs> That's a hell of an opener. Are banks cynical? And uh, uh, yeah. Okay. There's something I think uh, that is really worth talking about and it's a little bit away from the mortgage market specifically. It's about the way that money moves around the world in general. Money is always being lent, borrowed by places, given to others, and in return for doing that, you pay interest. At the moment, in Europe, things are so anemic that between banks, there's a a market where banks lend to each other and uh, insurance companies lend to banks and vice versa. It's called the uh, European Interbank Offered Rate, the Euribor. At the moment, it is below zero for the next 17 and a half years. I've actually never seen anything like this in my life. It's unbelievable. And if you were to put a billion euro into the market for 30 years, you'd be getting 0.25%. These are signs of what's called a flattening yield curve. In other words, rates are below zero. Long-term rates are near zero. We're hearing about another rate cut becoming likely. So Europe is going nowhere economically. Uh, it is a concern. That's why this situation exists. People don't have great faith in the future. And so I think that we're actually going to enter into a, a longer secular period of, of low interest rates. The issue with, uh, with that is that it, it should actually make interest rates even more competitive as banks try and push out the lending which they're doing in Europe. In Europe, you can get a a 20-year fixed rate for below 2%. And they need to lend because holding it onto the books, negative interest rates mean they are being charged just to keep their money uh, sitting there waiting on borrows, so they have to get it out. And yet, and yet, here we are in Ireland paying double the mortgage rates of our European counterparts. There's reasons for that, I should add. Well, the banks will agree with you and they'll say, oh, it's very expensive to lend money here. There's reasons outside of what you normally hear, like Ah. such as in Europe, you've got to pay big arrangement fees to lenders when you go to them. Uh, We don't actually tend to have that so much in Ireland. Uh, With banks in Europe, if you don't have an account with them, you'll typically pay a much higher rate. You've got to get your life insurance through them, which you don't have to do in Ireland because of the way that competition regulation works here. So, Yes, their rate can be better, but on a total cost of ownership basis, it's not always as as amazing as it looks on paper when you compare rate A to rate B. Okay, and welcome to the show, Joey Sheehan from MyMortgages.ie. You're down in Cork. Are you finding that borrowers in Cork are being attracted by the low, low interest rates that are that are out there at the moment? 
Yes, hi Sinead, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I think today's announcement from KBC is great. It's it's giving more competition back uh, into the market and it's it's reducing rates. I, I think it was their two-year and 10-year fixed rates. Um, so a lot of the banks, you know, the competition is there. They want to lend. They're profitable uh, uh, products, selling mortgages to uh, homeowners and um, the competition is there. And it, it's a great time to be looking for a mortgage as, as, as a consumer because... You know, you've got rates down as low as 2.3% uh, on a two-year fixed uh, today. If you've got a current account with KBC, 25 without. So definitely there's a lot more competition um, in the market, which is good for the borrower. And uh, long may it continue. Okay, right. Well, let's get straight to the questions um, because we can chat uh, among ourselves all day. We will go first to the phone lines and we have Darren. Darren, you've gone sale agreed. What's your query for the guys? Hi, Sinead and Carl. Yeah, we've gone sale agreed. Um, I suppose it's to buy or not to buy um, with Everton looming coming down the road in October. Okay, so so what is that about? Is that to do with Brexit or where, where, what's your query about that? Yeah, just just wondering. We're renting at the moment, so we've got sale agreed, as I said, and it's just whether we continue with it or wait and see is the market going to kind of crash because of Brexit if it's a no deal um, just wondering if any advice would be right gosh Brexit has provided an awful scaremonger for an awful lot of people I wonder though does it matter when it comes to mortgages Carl I would say that my own personal hypothesis is that the market will face a correction sometime between 2023 and 2026. And that means we've at least got about another three, four years until that happens. The thing that people always forget, though, when you're talking about this kind of thing, is that a house, unlike many other things you might invest in, comes with utility, the ability to live in it. So you've got to bear in mind that if you wait, any gain that you make in price might be negated by what you spend until the time you get that price. And then if you took out a 25-year mortgage, you might have a mortgage for four more years than you expected. So mm. uh, there are things called rent or buy calculators where you can put in your, your different hypothesis on things. I think our website has one too. And, uh, and, and I would look at doing that. But also remember that every time you make a mortgage payment, you are still getting to live there. And if it's cheaper than it is to rent, then you're making a saving there. Uh, you've also got to compare that rent is really just like mortgage interest because when you rent, you don't own anything. You get the use of the house. Mortgage interest is also dead money. But the other part, the capital payment, acts like savings towards you. So even if the market never moved again, at mm-hmm. the end of 25 years, you've got this big asset. And we've actually seen that come true with people who bought at the at the peak that they're now back in equity, that the ones who have trackers are paying way less than if they were trying to rent the same property that they live in today. So ownership actually creates wealth. And that's something that's really important economically. And the sooner you start that, the sooner you're out of debt. And it, it actually opens up a lot of things for you in a positive sense. What's your own sense of it, Darren? What, what are you concerned about particularly? Or where do you think it's, it's, it's going to go in the next couple of years? I suppose you looked at what happened in 2008 when it all just kind of dropped off. Um that I had friends that bought at that phase and they just kind of got cut out. I just wondering, is it that kind of dropping off the cliff again about to happen? But I'm not sure uh, whether, I suppose it's, it's location as well. Like you move outside Dublin to get a house and then all of a sudden a year down the road, you could have actually afforded the house mm. where you wanted to be, let's say, do you know? So I know. I suppose the only thing I'd say is it was ever thus. And there's never a perfect time 
to kind of make a, a big decision like a mortgage and it's it's really working with the information you have at the time when you need to go and look Brexit if anybody knew what was going on there uh, you know they'd be making a fortune yeah, elsewhere just, but just don't, don't forget Darren it's you versus you it's not you versus anyone else so you know get some financial advice from someone uh, that you feel comfortable and that you trust and, and work your numbers and see if you're happy with it. And if you are, then go for it and don't look back because every generation faces something that messes them up. You're going to have yours. I had mine. Sinead, you know, we've all had our own. So you've just got to get through that stuff. If it's a right choice, you'll know it when you do your numbers. Okay, well, listen, the best to look down with whatever decision you make. And um, now we've had a texter in. Um, Joey, I wonder, would you take a look at this? I've had, I have an interview for a job that would mean changing career path. I'd be swapping one permanent public sector job for another and a short-term pay cut of €10,000. I also want to go for mortgage in the next six months. Is it advisable to not go for the job as I'd be on probation or and the banks would, would look disfavourably on me with that from a texter? It's a difficult one, Joey, isn't it? Kind of tossing up that whether or not to take a job because of a mortgage. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, it, it's, I wouldn't say don't take a job because of a mortgage or do take a job and forget about the mortgage. Everything needs to be considered. Um, if the person is going to continue on similar income. They mentioned 10,000 of a reduction. So let's say if they're going from 60,000 to 50,000, you know, that's a similar type level of income. Um, if it's going to be public sector to public sector, it's a similar type of employment. If they're an educated person, if they have a track record of working for a number of years, then it's not a straight no from banks. They will consider um, looking at somebody if, if everything else is in order and they're showing proven repayment ability, they have their deposit in order, if they don't have any credit issues, then, you know, it, it's not a red flag. So again, as I said to, uh, as Carl said there, I think getting good advice now before making a decision uh, would be wise and um, some banks will consider um, lending to somebody on a contract. Would it be a bit sneaky to go and get approval in principle now and just not tell them? <laughs> well, I suppose she, she could explore that but um, I suppose she hasn't accepted the, the, the job yet but definitely get good advice, look at all options and, um, you know, it's, it's not a no. It's not a no. Um, it's not a yes either but... Um, it's up to, to somebody to make a good case for her and, and get a bank to approve it. Okay, brilliant. Okay, now we've Robert on the line. Robert, do you have a question about a fixed rate mortgage? What would you like to know? Hello, I would just like to know um, my fixed rate mortgage is up in October and it's at 3.45% at the minute and I have roughly 21 years left on it. So what would be the best option going forward um, to get the best rates? Okay, 3.45%. That's expensive, Carl. It is, yeah, it sure is. Um, a lot of the rates that you'll be, you, you could move to, you've got to think about two things. Uh, firstly, 3.45 is a, is a historic rate. There's no bank that I'm aware of that actually charges that at present, um, as a variable rate. So you're going to have a cost to move unless you're, you're with a lender who will actually let you go on to one of their fixed rates, which most of them will. So I would talk to them first and that way you can avoid the cost and hassle. Uh, but again, do some calculations to see what the difference between the price of that and going elsewhere is because some banks will actually give you money to move your mortgage to switch and that negates your legal fees. Uh, and then if you want us to look at fixed rates, there's some really great ones out there. In fact, one of the, the, the rate champions at the moment is called Finance Ireland. They've got some of the lowest rates in the market. Three-year fixed rate, 2.55%. That's really compelling. If you've got a good loan to value, which people normally do if they've had a mortgage for a while, you can really save a lot of money. So talk again. Uh, you can look at rate comparisons. You can go to a broker. You can ask your own bank. I would always say get independent advice. But that will tell you. You'll be able to get a number that says what it's worth to move. And if that number is compelling, do it. 
And actually, Robert, yeah. it is a good um, kind of a tip there, I think, to ring your current lender rather than go through all the hassle of, of moving bank. Do you know who your lender is and, and what your loan to value is on the house? Yeah, well, uh, it's currently with uh, Bank of Ireland. Okay. Well, listen, they um, might be the first port to call then rather than rather than shopping around and they might be able to lock you in on a cheaper rate. Three, four, five, that's, that sounds to me quite expensive. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Hope that works out for you. Uh, now, we have another texter in. Um, I have an investment house for about 15 years, which is worth 250000 and I owe 80000 on it. Sorry now for all the numbers. I know this is confusing. Uh, and I've never been in arrears. I, it's rented presently for €1,000 a month. My problem is I'm paying 4.5% uh, interest. I, I, I bet you I can guess what bank that is as well. Uh, the bank said it's because of an investment property and not my own home. Uh, that's from John in Cork. Joey, uh, like that, I know he's paying a lot of money there, but the bank is charging him a premium because it's a buy-to-let. Isn't that right? Correct, Sinead, yeah. So generally speaking, banks will charge a higher rate of interest for um, investment properties. Um, that's across the board. Um, maybe they associate more risk or, or possibility of default uh, with that type of a loan. But um, at the moment, four and a half with most banks would be would be about the go of the rate. Um, Finance Ireland again. Carl mentioned them there. They have a rate of around three and a half percent. So he could consider looking at talking to the likes of those. Um, again, there's a cost in switching. Um, I don't think they'll they'll offer anything towards that, but um, definitely he can he can reduce the rate. So he'll have to do a calculation based on the term remaining, the cost of switching, to see if it's actually viable um, to to switch to another lender. But but there is there is a lower rate than that out there. Yeah, and there's a fine uh, loan to value rate on that if he only owes eighty thousand on it. So he's moving a very small loan there, which might be which might be worthwhile. Well, that's one thing to yeah. just mention real quickly, though, is that when you've got an eighty thousand euro mortgage, okay, that's about thirty two, thirty three percent loan to value. In other words, it's a small mortgage. The difference between getting three point seven five percent with Finance Ireland and say four and a half percent with, I, I suspect that's probably with Ulster Bank at the moment, is about six hundred euro a year. So if he has about three years left on it, say for instance, or four years left, your total savings maximum is going to be less than that because of the way that the interest is applied. So it might be, say, you know, say 2,200 euro. But if you were to actually go to the cost of switching your mortgage, yeah. in that instance, it doesn't always Maybe work just out. just ride it out until, well, the, well, until sometimes, the term is up. Again, get your advice, get your number. Yeah. But you've yeah. got to know that before you make that choice. Okay. All right. We have another query in. Um, I'm in my mid-40s, says our texter. I have two investment properties with well-performing mortgages. I rent in Dublin for my young family. We're struggling to get a deposit, particularly with childcare costs. What are my options for mortgage if I were to get the deposit together? So this is going to be about, do you just flog off the properties if they're performing well? And how do you make that calculation? Carl? kind of depends on what performing well means. For some people, that can mean that they're negative equity, but because they have a tracker mortgage on an investment property, they might be making positive cash flow. Others might mean that they're actually just making the payments, barely staying ahead. Uh, So you'd need to put some some greater detail around that. Um, It obviously looks like whatever their expenditure is, that the coming up with the deposit is an issue, but they said, look, if we did do that, what's the situation? And the situation is this. The bank is going to look at your capacity to repay that loan. It's going to look at your outgoings. They factor in things like having kids. They factor in you know other existing loans, such as these mortgages. And then there's a, a way to calculate that, which, again, you can get with the right advice, okay. independent financial lots advice. Lots and lots of numbers there coming up. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to go to a break now. Um, I have Carl Dieter in studio and down in Cork. We have Joey Sheehan. Get your mortgage questions in, 53106, and we'll be back after this break. And you're back on the Consumer Call-In with me, Sinead Ryan, sitting in for Ivan Yates. Now, 
we sent our intrepid reporter, Henry McKean, out and about finding out who has a mortgage and how many intend to apply for one. We paid our mortgage in 2013. Um, we were paying it off since, yeah, 1989. So how did it feel to get it paid off all those years later? Oh, magnificent. We actually had two mortgages. We retook out a mortgage on the house when my son went to university. And that mortgage, that remortgage, was to pay for his university? Yes. That was very generous of you. Well, we figure we weren't going to leave them any money, so we might as well pay for their education. I never had a mortgage. I was lucky. I inherited the family home. So you inherited the family mortgage, so you lived mortgage-free. That must be fantastic. Well, it was. It gave my family a chance in later life. I had a few pounds saved to help them. You're 24 and 26. Do you think you'll ever be able to get a mortgage anytime soon? Jesus, not for a long time yet, no. Not sure, even with the price of renting in this country. It's just... It's too hard to yeah. save at the same time. So you're not saving. You're living in the Midlands of Ireland. How much is your rent? You can't get an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment these days. You can't get for less than eight fifty, nine hundred euros. So, so still you're looking at around a thousand euro, yeah. Really? Yeah. A thousand for to live in apartment. the yeah. middle of Ireland to live in Westmead. Yeah, that's it's a it. lot. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very hard to save to even consider getting a mortgage because you just have to pay to survive with yeah. these. Most people, most people I know are living at home still, so So no deposit is saved. No, no. No. But you very could hard. still pick up a bargain. You could buy a house in Clara for maybe 80,000? Yeah. But then you you pay for travelling then for work then as well, so it yeah. kind of evens out at the end of the day. The amount you'd be paying in petrol and everything to get over and back everywhere these days, you know, you may as well just pay the price in rent just to live and not pay for a car. So you know, everything kind of evens itself out, I think, at the minute. Do you think you'll rent for the rest of your life? Well, I wouldn't hope so. No, I'd be looking to buy eventually, but just not not at the minute. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like a thing that's going to happen in the near future anyway. It's, it's just a bit frustrating, that's all. Do you want a mortgage? No. Why not? The government will always rub it back a bit when you get old. If someone gets put to a home, then the home that they had, they'll sell that to pay they go to a home. So the fair deal scheme? Yeah. So you don't have a mortgage? No, never have, never will. So you're renting? Yeah. Happy enough? Yeah. You're not worried about the rent going up and up? No. No, absolutely no worries there about that. I inherited my home. I never had a mortgage. Lucky you. Lucky me. So you just always had a roof over your head? Yes, I did have. So what did you spend all your money on? We got into horses. We had a lot of horses. They broke us. Horses, right. Well, there's one. Ivan Yates would be right with you. <laughs> that lady there talking to Henry. Um, I thought it was interesting on that Fox Pop, actually, there were a couple of issues came up about inheritances, people who didn't have mortgages. And, Carl, isn't it true that actually far fewer people in Ireland have a mortgage than people think? Something like only 40% of homeowners have mortgage properties. Yeah, and, and of the 40% that have uh, home loans, a lot of them are obviously very low uh, loan amounts like the ones you heard about, where it's 80,000, it's totally manageable. Uh, this is something that always affects uh, the weight of that debt, always falls on different generations differently. So if you look at uh, wealth statistics in Ireland, typically what you see is that people age 50 and above hold all the money. Uh, and this is because they've paid down mortgages, because they had children younger who have grown up, moved off, etc. So it really is something where if you want to see what's happening to the next group of people coming through the, the, the grind of you know growing up in, in what can be a tricky economy, you should listen to the story of the 24 and 26-year-olds who said that they're not going to be doing mm-hmm. this anytime soon. Because in fact, if you went back 30 years, your time for getting your first mortgage was actually 25 to 26. <laughs> and now the same <laughs> people depressing. 30 years later have a completely different view of the world. Yeah. Joey, uh, Sheehan, we, we 
heard there about a few people about inheritances and, and things like that. They were inherited property. Um, how do banks view people with inheritances when they want to use it part pay towards mortgage? Do they care where the money comes from, you know, as long as you have the deposit together? Uh, because there's a lot of parents out there gifting and inheriting, um, uh, giving inheritances to their kids to get in the property ladder. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Excuse me. In the case of, um, we'd probably see this most in the case in, in the countryside where if there's a family farm, they've got some land, the parents might gift a half acre site to the children. And let's say if that's worth a hundred thousand euro, they go and get planning on it and they have a hundred euros worth of, hundred thousand worth of equity in that site. If they wanted to go and build a house for about two hundred thousand, they potentially can borrow, um, the full two hundred thousand once they qualify for that amount use the 100,000 equity in the site and they'll have an end mortgage of 200,000 versus an end value of 300,000. So they'd have about a 66% um, um, loan to value. So that's in the case of gifting sites. In a lot of cases for first-time buyers or second-time buyers, you know, we see people saving hard, they're doing everything right, they've got a good deposit together, but in a lot of cases, because if they're paying a rent, which is uh, a high rent, and they might find it difficult to save the full deposit. So we often see um, parents helping out. It might be 5,000 gift, it might be 10,000 gift, it could be more than that. Um, but we do see that quite often. Um, a parent can gift a child up to €320,000 um, tax-free, effectively. So they can uh, use that towards the purchase of a house or however they see fit. But yeah. we do see a lot, a lot of gifts. A lot of gifts. OK. And I suppose, you know, uh, you can understand where parents are coming from. You really can. They want to give their, their kids a dig out and they don't want to have to wait until they've passed on themselves. But uh, all the same, it really, really just shows how difficult it is for, for, as Carl said, for the younger generation to try and get by. All right. We have callers lined up. We have more texts coming in and... Uh, First, we're going to go to the newsroom with Amy. Welcome back. We are on the Consumer Call-In and we are talking about mortgages uh, this week with our mortgage experts. Now, we've a caller on the line, Paul. Paul, tell us about your situation. Hi, Sinead. Uh, thanks, Sinead, Nicole. Um, we're hoping to trade up from a three-bed apartment we're currently in and in the process, we'd be reducing our mortgage from 190000 down to 126. Been to all the main lenders, but none of them were able to advise where mortgage could be fall outside of central bank guidelines. How do you um, fall outside the guidelines? We've got three children, and although I'm able to currently pay for the mortgage of 190, they're saying because it will be a new mortgage. We've had this mortgage for 13 years, and because we're going to a new mortgage, we now fall under the new guidelines, and I'm earning 36 and a half thousand a year, and they say that that's not enough. Uh, disposable income okay. at the end of each month to pay for the mortgage and look after the three children. Okay, so we're talking about your um, disposable despite income. The fact, yeah, despite the fact that this the new uh, mortgage would be three to four hundred euro a month less than what we're paying at the moment. We've been, like I said, paying it for 13 years, never had any arrears, pay, made payment every single month. Right, okay. I'm just wondering what, what, what there is that we can do to... I don't know, try and get the mortgage or what the next step or is there anyone we can appeal to? Okay, well, I, I don't know about an appeals process. Joey Sheehan down in Cork, what can, um, what can Paul do now regarding that? He's, he's coming up against the three and a half times, uh, limit in terms of his LTI, his loan to income ratio. Uh, is there any way that he can appeal that or should he keep shopping around? Um, well, the three and a half times, he probably, how much was the income? 36,000. 36, 
36. So, yeah. so the three and a half times would, would be roughly around what he's looking for. I think uh, the challenge here could be when they factor in that he's supporting a family of five, it sounds like, on a salary of 36,000 and th- there's a certain allowance that banks, they'll vary slightly, would allow f- per, per, for each adult and for each child. And maybe when they factor all of that in and they're looking at him, despite the fact that he's obviously shown a very good uh, track record of repaying his existing higher mortgage, um, when they look at it and they stress test it based on their own credit criteria uh, on the living expenses to support two adults and three children, I would think he's not meeting their affordability calculations on that basis as opposed to the three and a half times um, because three and a half times that would be roughly 126. So he can borrow up to 126, but he still would need to meet the, the relevant bank's own credit uh, policy and criteria. And um, Paul, I wonder, is it possible for you, you know, I mean, it looks now as if you may have to just curb your enthusiasm in terms of, of the type of house that you want. Will it be possible for you, do you think, to trade up within the rules that you are being allowed well, no, we, we wouldn't be able to because it's, like they said, they said we can, all the banks have said that we could get the 126 on my wages, but they won't give us any mortgage, mm-hmm. no mortgage whatsoever. That one person said the most we'd be able to borrow would be 6,000 euro. Wow. Okay. Carl, do you and have any it. insight for, for Paul? Yeah. Um, is there anything else going on that you haven't told us about? <laughs> That's a little no, question. Absolutely nothing. Uh, no, <laughs> we've, we've no out, no other outgoings or uh, you know, the loans, no car loans, no loans, no, no, none whatsoever. I wonder, Paul, whether it be worth your while sitting down in front of a mortgage broker. I'm not advocating for either of these guys, although they're great. Um, but I wonder, would it be worth getting a professional to look completely through your finances and making the application yeah. on your behalf? Would the, that help, Carl? At all? Well, well, obviously, I mean. You're asking me about what I do for a living. Obviously, I'm going to agree with you. But, but you there do is funny loans, don't you? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, a broker is always good at presenting your case in the best light possible. And when you speak to all the banks, sometimes you might not present your case the best possible way. So it's like someone who has good dress sense going to a, you know, someone who will dress them professionally and put on good makeup and the difference that they, they look at then. So we can, brokers can normally turn your case into a bit of a financial swan in that respect. But I would also say you need to look at the likes of local authority loans. They actually do loans too. Um, that's something that, that people quite often overlook. And not only that, you actually would have a, a better shot with that because you've been turned down. Just get those letters and that's how you start that process. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, Paul, the very best to look with you. I do hope it works out for you and um, uh, that you get sorted for that. All right. Okay, we have another question in, a texter in. Uh, Hello, I'm self-employed and about to begin the mortgage process. I have two kids and a partner, but we're not married. She has no income, so is it in my interests to apply as a single man? Do I have to declare the kids as dependents uh, or can I say... Uh, you know, pay maintenance. So, um, Joey, somebody applying for the mortgage, you don't really want to get into the business of hiding things from the banks, do you? Absolutely not. Um, I suppose if if he's um, single, his marital status is single, um, he, he's entitled to apply on that basis. Um, you'd have to see what the living arrangements and that are regarding the dependents. Uh, so they, they may or may not be, be, be included depending on that. But um, I suppose the most important thing with self-employed is, is uh, making sure that you're, you, you get your accounts done and in order um, as early as possible. For example, even though your 2018 accounts mightn't be due with revenue until October, November this year, 
because the economy has been going well for the last number of years, most people self-employed, their income is improving year on year. So if he were to do his accounts um, for 2018 now, even though they're not required by revenue, we could work off his 17 and 18 figures. That might be higher than his current figures of the previous two years, uh, assuming that his his income is increasing. Okay, so there might be an uptick in, in his finances, which will which will make it, the whole thing look better and and look nicer. Great. Okay, right. Well, that's good advice. Um, I have a texter in here uh, from Ed. Ed says, "Hi, I have a tracker mortgage. Delighted for you, Ed. For two hundred and twenty thousand, and have come into an inheritance that would clear it. Should I clear the mortgage or invest it? I'm fifty six years old." Carl, it's it's a dilemma, isn't it? Paying down debt versus putting it in the bank. I don't think it is at all. I mean, okay. I'll put it this way. 56 years of age, do you want to take on loads of risk? I would imagine no. Uh, so what you do is, I always say imagine the seesaw, okay? So if you're listening right now and you're able to, just put your arms out like a big T and say to yourself, if I'm paying more in interest, then raise that hand and put the other one down. If the seesaw is tipping up in that one, then get rid of your interest and pay down your debt. If you're paying less on debt, then, uh, or sorry, if you're if you're paying the other way around, then obviously you want to borrow all you can. So there was a situation in Ireland years ago where deposit rates were five percent and mortgage rates were two. In that case, you should have borrowed like crazy. It was during the financial crisis, so you couldn't. But most of the time, paying down that debt is a really good idea. So for me, if you're going to get what about the best will be one percent minus about thirty three percent dirt tax. Dirt You're going to get point seven. Even with a tracker, you're probably paying one percent. There's no competition between the two. Get rid of your get debt. Of be it. debt free. Debt free is true wealth. That's what it's all about. Okay, that response, by the way, came with uh, hand signals and um, a full <laughs> animation from Carl Dieter. Okay, we have uh, we had a caller on the line um, who has just called in, and it's a question I think about buying versus renting. Hi, Sinead. Um I'm fortunate enough to have been gifted enough money to put down a deposit on a home. And as a 20-something, rent is destroying me financially. But the idea of being tied to a mortgage scares me. Do I have anything to lose if I take the plunge or should I bide my time? Okay, right. Well, 20s, um, that's an interesting one for that caller. And it's, it's, I suppose, difficult to know what to do in the absence of all the information. Joey, what would you recommend? Taking the plunge? Um, well, obviously, to look at both um, both options, uh, renting, so to look at how much rent is, is this lady paying uh, on a monthly basis, and then to look at to purchase, let's say, a comparable property. Um, so let's say, for example, if she's paying rent of a 1000 a month um, and she could purchase a comparable property for, let's say, 200000 uh, and she's got 20,000 deposit, which would be 10%, and she's going to end up with a mortgage of, let's just say, 180,000, then she, she'd do a calculation on what it would cost to repay uh, that, that 180,000 on a monthly basis, compare the two, um, and while, yes, yes, she, she, if she's uncertain about where she's going, what she's working at, what she's doing, her income, uh, and the future, then, of course, there is a big commitment with a mortgage. However, there are certain schemes that can help um, revenue have a very useful scheme, the, the rent-a-room scheme. So if she were to rent a room, if she bought a two-bedroom place and she could rent one room for, let's just say, four, five, six hundred a month, she can receive that money tax-free once it's her primary residence, which she could put towards the mortgage. So that would be something that could assist her to take the, the sting out of the monthly payment and, uh, you know, it, it might help it make sense, you know. But to okay. look at both options, do the figures and make an informed decision. 
Okay, and I suppose so many people now are finding that actually buying the cost of supporting mortgage is far cheaper than the cost of renting a house. So they are they are making uh, doing those sums as they go along. Um, I'm going to head to an ad break now. We are keeping Carl Dieter in studio, Joey Sheen in studio. We're tying into chairs to deal with more of your mortgage queries when we come back to the consumer call in with me. Sinead Ryan sitting in for Ivan. We have Joey Sheen and we have Carl Dieter in studio, our mortgage experts. And on the line, we have uh, Elliot and Elliot has a query about his apartment. Elliot, go ahead. Hi, Sinead. How are you doing? Um, I suppose our scenario is um, we bought an apartment about 10 years ago in Dublin that we lived in and about five years ago we left to then move down the country and have been renting since and now we're looking at buying a place down the country and we've been approved for a second mortgage which has all been fine um, but the bank wants to go ahead and convert the original mortgage um, to a buy to let which I suppose would mean an increase of one and a half, two percent 2% on the interest rates I suppose, which we're a small bit squirming at. I suppose my question are the banks, is the bank well within its right to make that conversion or would the original contract somehow hold fit? There's no mention in the original contract of it having to be a principal residence or whatever. Um, so I was just wondering whether you guys have any opinion on that. Okay, thanks a million, Elliot. Carl, they are? On, on the very mm-hmm. face of it, it sounds like tracker mortgage scandal 2.0. <laughs> uh, what I would do is just go to a different bank. Look, you know, that bank are obviously working in their own best interests. Uh, Elliot, I would suggest that you don't deal with your own bank on the same mortgage twice for the very reason that if they're making that demand of you, another bank won't because they don't actually care. So just go elsewhere. Bring your business elsewhere. Let them know. Thanks for the offer. But no, if you got approved with them, chances are you'll be fine going somewhere else because the other bank is not going to make that request of you. They obviously don't want to increase the profits of their competitor. Okay, well, I hope that helps. Uh, be brave, Elliot, and uh, and and make that switch. Okay, uh, we've another uh, questionnaire texter here, um, Joey. How difficult do banks make it to switch these days? I'm worried it'll take too long and be too complicated. Well, it is both of those things, but that shouldn't stop you doing it, Joey. What what is involved now in switching mortgages? Um, well, switching is definitely more straightforward than than getting a mortgage initially. Um, I suppose a lot of us, when we're first-time buyers, we're probably overextending ourselves. Maybe we haven't been saving quite enough, so we haven't ticked all of the boxes when we're applying initially. And the banks are trying, I suppose they're they're being prudent, and they're putting you through the ringer. And um, so they're making sure that everything is right. We mightn't be fully prepared. So in many cases, when people are are taking out their initial mortgage, and they're also simultaneously trying to find uh, their, their dream home, and they're bidding on properties, they're in bidding wars, they're, they've got emotions, they're losing houses, they're finding houses, maybe a house falls through. So so the first experience of a mortgage, generally speaking, can be stressful for a first-time buyer. When switching, um, the central bank rules don't apply for a straight switch. Um, the banks, Some banks will look for reduced documentation. You're already proven uh, to repay the mortgage based on your performance on your the existing mortgage. Um, you don't need to show uh, a deposit because once you've got uh, 10% or 20% equity in the property, depending on the lender. So definitely switching is a lot more straightforward than your initial purchase. But some people yeah. think they're going to be put through the same. I know, the yeah. same well, the you're same kind ringer. of, it's one of those things you kind of nearly come pre-approved when you're switching because somebody else has already said you're all right. <laughs> so, so maybe uh, yeah. you have a slightly easier time second time around. Although Central Bank will tell you fewer than 1% of people bother doing that move. Um, so it is definitely worth um, uh, shopping around. Um, Carl, uh, text her in. 
why can't I take out a mortgage in France or Germany or anywhere else for that matter that's going to charge me a lot less? You, you can just go and live in France. That's how you do that one. <laughs> Uh, are, we, are we not supposed to be like border free now? All yeah. that transactions and financial things are all. Yeah, 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 we are. Yeah, there's even a thing called the uh, European Mortgage Directive, which tried to free up the capacity to do that. But what you have to look at, and it's something I touched on earlier in the show, is that the reason French banks don't lend here isn't because the Irish customer doesn't want them. It's because the French bank doesn't want the Irish customer. Mm. They can, they could, they choose not to. There's a lot of reasons for that. It tends to get the callers all worked up, and I'm not trying to do that today. I'm trying to be good, Carl, and give you just the, the financial <laughs> advice. It's about repos, to, isn't to, it? Suffice to say that there are reasons for it. It's probably not going to happen anytime soon. But if it does, what I will say as a broker is it's coming through our channel because every new bank that comes into this country, every new lender, whoever comes in here, it always comes through the broker channel. We are out there. Our organizations, like the Association of Irish Mortgage uh, Advisors, is out there looking for lenders to do just that, yeah. but it's going to be slow because of the way our mortgage yeah. market works. I know, I know it. Yeah, uh, I get lots of queries in about that to the paper as well. Uh, okay, we have another caller on the line, uh, Patrick. Uh, Patrick, what's your question for the guys? Hi, Sinead. My wife wants to extend her time at home with our children. Uh, the youngest is three months old, and she will be six months old by the time uh, my wife's paid leave ends. And our current mortgage repayments, they actually can't be met uh, if we lose her salary. So we're looking to do something with the bank, maybe do a deal of some sort of um, interest only or something like that. How easy or difficult is it to deal with banks in this sort of situation? We've never missed a repayment or anything like that. Are they easy to deal with? Okay, thanks, Patrick, for that. It's kind of like a moratorium, is it, Joey? Banks at all receptive to that for a few months while people get their heads together with a new addition to the family? Absolutely. So um, in Patrick's case, um, yes, the bank will consider when there's an exceptional uh, circumstance, such as uh, uh, maybe unpaid parental leave or in the case of redundancy or or various other um, uh, situations, a bank absolutely will consider a request for interest only or maybe interest and part capital. So uh, in Patrick's case, if he were to contact his bank and ask them about that process, they'll send him out uh, a financial statement that he'll need to complete and he'll have to forward, you know, three months bank statements, maybe six months along with pay slips and, and different things and just outline his request. And I think most uh, banks would consider, you know, trying to give them some breathing space, maybe six months, maybe 12 months. Uh, so so I think, yeah, you, you might be surprised that your bank might be, might be open to... Uh, to, 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 to considering that. Holding you as a valuable customer. <laughs> okay. Uh, Carl, I have another texter here. My loan to value at the time of taking out my mortgage was 75%. That's the difference between the value of the house and the mortgage of on it. It's now less than 50%, which is very good. Can I get the lower rate now as my bank is offering it to new customers? Actually, there are a couple of banks actively looking for people to switch, to move rates. Um, I think permanent TSB, KBC, they'll actually send yeah. out a valuer, won't they? I, I can't think of any bank that won't do that at the moment, actually. So really what you've got to do is say, look, what rate do you want and what, who's offering what for less than 50%? Chances are your own bank will let you do it for free. Uh, it won't be an issue. I'm guessing that you're on a, a standard variable rate. If you're on a tracker, don't do anything. Um, but isn't it interesting because the banks were up in front of the Oireachtas um, Committee on Mortgages not too many weeks ago saying that we write to our people, we write to our customers, we tell them we'll pay for the value or we want them to do it and hardly anybody does it. Are people just deeply suspicious of their motives or what is it? Yeah, I'll tell you what, the Irish customer is one of the most special in the world because they they roar and scream about how much they dislike banks but they show them a level of loyalty 
that you you just cannot justify. Uh, there was actually, I, I still remember this research that I, I heard about that Bank of Ireland had done in 2004, that people were more likely to actually leave their spouse than they were to leave the bank. <laughs> and it always made me, like, just scratch my head because I treat banks like a rented mule or a ginger stepchild. They're not getting any love. They just know. And actually, let me change the analogy. Get rid of the ginger stepchild. I love people with red hair. Uh, I would treat them like a rented mule. I'd mean, drive them until such point as they're no longer useful and then leave. But and that's e- the way you should. But they're even finding resistance switching within the same bank where you yeah. don't have all the paperwork and you don't have all the hassle. Utter inertia. And people who who people who don't get active about their own finances, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but you know, you deserve what you get. You actually deserve to probably not get the best price because you won't even make the first step of reading and comprehending a letter. This is not even intercert maths. This is basic common huh. sense. If you lack that, then you are, you, you know, you're a fool who should be part of from their money. Harsh. Uh, on, on that Joey, point, a Sinead, final uh, word from you. Uh, on that point, Sinead, I, I've been with groups of guys and we've been chatting about a rugby match or a soccer match. And one guy will always pipe up and say, oh, I don't have Sky Sports anymore. I, I, I got rid of it to save the... 20 euro yeah. a month or whatever it is and the same guy could be paying 4.2% interest on his mortgage and he might save a, t- a tenfold what he would have saved on, on getting rid of the Sky Sports you know so it's again inertia people need to take oh, action take goodness. it into their own hands how harsh how harsh alright well that was Carl Dieter from Irish Mortgage Brokers and Joey Sheehan from MyMortgages.ie people you need to cop on read those letters and uh, get your information together um, that is the end of our show for today um, I'm delighted to have had this week we did loads and loads of stuff and uh, next week we're going to be looking at everything from savings to investments to home improvements were on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday doing the consumer call-in. So please, please, please get in touch. My thanks to the whole team today, Mark Simpson, Ashley Moore, Dan Flanagan, Alex Rousseau, Roisin Davis and John O'Donovan on sound. We had Michael Quilligan and Paul Murnock in Dublin with Elaine Smith down in Cork. I'll be back on the home show, my own programme on Saturday at 9am. And of course, it'll be on podcast from tomorrow. And the consumer call-in, as I said, will be back next Tuesday from 6 to 7. On Tuesday, we are discussing home renovation and grants and all that kind of thing. Get your queries into us now for that email the hard shoulder at newstalk.com or text us on 53106 and you can get uh, all these panel discussions and every other show back on newstalk.com forward slash podcasts. Good night. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.